0: Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of the E Make Cast mini series Climate Change and Human Health. My name is Katie, and through the course of eight episodes, I'll be walking you through the many ways that climate change impacts human health. We've already discussed heat, cold, extreme weather, infectious disease, air quality, food, and water, and then today we'll be diving into climate migration and how climate change is affecting various populations in different ways. This mini-series is a part of a scholarly project to explore podcasts as a climate change education tool for healthcare professionals. There's a very short survey that I hope you will fill out after listening. It should take you no more than three minutes and would be a huge help to the project. Thank you for listening. Let's get started. Climate has always impacted human migration. Environmental conditions, air temperature, access to food and water, and extreme weather events have all shaped migratory patterns throughout human history. More recently, migration has been shaped by more drastic climate events, such as storms, fires, droughts, and food shortages. Migration does not occur in a bubble. It's often associated with poor health outcomes and is even called a climate threat multiplier, meaning it exacerbates existing socio-political, economic, and health disparities and can lead to increased risk of conflict and violence along with undermining the livelihoods of countless people. A variety of different climate impact forecasts exist and estimate that between tens of millions to 250 million people will move due to the effects of climate change by the middle of the 21st century. The most widely accepted estimate suggests that climate change will cause 200 million people to become climate refugees by 2050. The threat that climate change poses on human health acts via multiple different mechanisms, many of which we've already discussed in this series. Direct mechanisms include heat or cold-related morbidity and mortality, disaster-related injuries, and worsening air quality. Indirect mechanisms involve changes to ecological and social systems, such as the availability of fresh water, adequate food security, and changing disease patterns. Increasingly, migration is becoming necessary to sustain human life as it becomes more and more difficult for people to survive where they are. The mechanisms through which climate change impacts human health are not experienced equally across the globe. In countries with more social and political and economic stressors, such as high population density, limited opportunity for economic growth, inequitable distribution of resources and services, poor land use planning, and armed conflict, the challenges posed by a changing climate are amplified and intertwined with those other structures, creating a complex web of systems that influence human movement. When we think about human movement, we'll split it up into three main categories. First, we have forced displacement, which is what most of us think of when we think of climate migration. Forced displacement is most likely to occur after extreme climate events, as mass amounts of people are evacuated short distances for safety. Next, we will discuss planned relocation, which is the movement of entire communities to other locations, often within the same country, to escape impending effects of climate change. Finally, we will talk about migration, which can be either in anticipation of or in response to climate change. Migration often occurs within countries, but it can span across the globe. It often contributes to urbanization, as most people migrate to urban areas within developing countries. As climate change progresses, more and more people will be forced to move. In places where climate change causes large-scale displacement The health outcomes will be similar to the health outcomes of other mass migrations, including those seeking refuge for political reasons, human rights violations, and other humanitarian crises. Much like those seeking refuge from other causes, climate refugees will likely end up in areas where public health resources are underdeveloped and inadequate, where there is a lack of basic necessities, such as food, water, and shelter, and a loss of social networks and supports. The most vulnerable groups will be children, women, the elderly, and those with pre-existing health conditions. The largest cause of morbidity and mortality in displaced populations is infectious disease. There is increased risk of food and waterborne diseases, like cholera, dysentery, typhoid, and hepatitis A and E. There's also diseases related to overcrowding, like measles, meningitis, and respiratory pathogens. And finally, there are vector-borne diseases, like malaria and dengue fever. These diseases are most prevalent in refugee camps that are crowded, poorly ventilated, and have inadequate water, shelter, sanitation, and access to immunizations and health care. After infectious disease, food insecurity poses the largest threat to the health of displaced populations. Most climate-related displacement is estimated to occur in regions that are food insecure, with much of the population being nutritionally compromised before displacement. Forced displacement only exacerbates the food shortages leading to malnutrition and micronutrient deficiencies. Children under 5 within refugee populations are especially at risk for malnutrition. In fact, in the year 2000, it was estimated that half of the deaths related to climate change had been related to undernutrition, with children making up the majority of these deaths. Micronutrient deficiencies contribute largely to the morbidity associated with climate change, with conditions like pellagra, scurvy, and anemia prevalent in increasing numbers. Unfortunately, at the same time as more people are displaced and forced to areas where they will lack food and water security, the global food yields will continue to decrease as a result of long-term changes in climate conditions as well as acute adverse weather events. In addition to the physical health impacts of forced displacement, high rates of poor mental health outcomes have been documented among populations of displaced people. Displacement-related stressors, such as separation from family, loss of social connections and familiar social norms, economic depravity, inadequate access to housing, employment, and education, and a diminished sense of belonging all contribute to worsening mental health. In addition to loss of familiar social structures and increasing social instability in refugee camps, Increased sexual violence and limited access to contraceptives and health services can give rise to the spread of sexually transmitted infections, including HIV. Women in refugee camps are at additional risk of poor reproductive health outcomes, including high maternal and fetal mortality, lack of access to family planning, complications of unsafe abortions, and other gender-based violence. Although there is little empirical evidence, theories based on historical events support the rise of violent conflict in climate migrant communities. These violent conflicts will be the culmination of a complex web of poverty, environmental degradation, large-scale health crises, and displacement. South Sudan, a country born in 2011 after two decades of civil war in Sudan, is an example of forced displacement and the rising health impacts. The civil war left the new country of South Sudan in a state of turmoil, with rising inflation, significant food insecurity, and a huge amount of the population reliant on food aid. In South Sudan, temperatures can reach over 120 degrees Fahrenheit, and any small increase in temperature can result in large-scale crop failure. Conflict and the failing economy have further contributed to food insecurity by loss of livestock due to theft and disease, and disruption of planting seasons due to displacement during conflict. Since 2013, more than 2.3 million people, or 1 in 5 of South Sudan's population, have been displaced due to climate shocks, violence, economic decline, and food and water shortages. Our next topic will be the planned relocation of communities. Planned relocation is when populations are intentionally and preemptively moved. Historically, this has occurred as a result of infrastructure and development projects like dams, railways, and building complexes. While planned relocation is frequently included as an adaption response to climate change, very few planned relocations have actually improved the lives and well-being of those that are moved. Most often, people are left feeling displaced and powerless over the relocation destination and process. These movements are associated with adverse mental health outcomes, food and water insecurity, inadequate sewer systems and healthcare infrastructure, and exposure to new infectious diseases. Additionally, adverse social outcomes like joblessness, homelessness, social marginalization, and destruction of communities and social resources exacerbate the health outcomes. For example, when low-income households in urban areas are relocated to peripheral locations, employment opportunities become scarce. In North America and Australia, the forced relocation and stealing of Indigenous land has caused significant cultural disruption and led to poor health outcomes that have been transmitted across generations. Currently, planned relocation is listed as one of the last-ditch efforts to protect communities from the impacts of climate change. Given the tremendous risks to the health and well-being of the relocated communities, it should be reserved for when all else fails and when it must be done, it should be done with tremendous care and consideration for those it impacts the most. When possible, planned relocation should be done with plenty of time to consult the community and ensure that the plan benefits everyone. It should ensure that money and resources are available to relocate the communities, but they are moving to areas with ample employment opportunities, housing resources, access to health care, mental health services and education. The population moved must want to move and must be involved at every stage of decision making and planning. One example of a planned resettlement success was the population of 60,000 people living on illegally occupied land in Mumbai. The occupied land was right next to railway tracks, and in the late 1990s to early 2000s, the railway company was planning for construction of an improved rail service. The relocation was voluntary and involved the community in every step of design, planning, and implementing the new settlements. The people who chose to move found themselves in higher quality accommodations with access to water, electricity, and sanitation. This population is much smaller than those who will find themselves at risk of climate change impacts, and larger populations will pose larger challenges. Additionally, there will be the risk of big corporations using climate change as an excuse to relocate communities in ways that will benefit their business interests. Now, we will begin our discussion on migration, often urban migration, as cities tend to be the destinations of large migratory movements. Climate change has already contributed to increasing rural urban migration as people have tried to escape flooding, water shortages, drought, and decreasing farm yields. Often, this rural urban migration leads to crowded settlements in which poor water quality and lack of adequate sanitation facilities predispose the inhabitants to illness. These adverse health outcomes are further exacerbated by government neglect and accelerated population growth which places further stress on inadequate urban socioeconomic structures like education, healthcare services, and labor markets. Additionally, many poor urban communities continue to face the environmental challenges they were hoping to escape. For example, in India, many people who have migrated towards larger cities along the coast continue to face storms and cyclones. Interestingly, the health outcomes of migrants will depend on who is migrating, Many studies have noticed something called the healthy migrant effect, which describes a phenomenon in which the healthiest members of a population are the ones migrating. Those who are in poor health are often left behind. Therefore, immigrant communities are often in better health than the population of the community in which they migrate to. However, this effect is attenuated over time. Additionally, there is evidence that migrants are at higher risk of developing chronic diseases such as hypertension, coronary artery disease, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes compared to the population in their place of origin. It is hypothesized that these diseases are the result of chronic stress of being an immigrant, especially in countries that treat immigrants with hostility, in addition to lack of access to preventative health care services. While migration as a coping strategy to avoid the deleterious effects of climate change can benefit the migrants, these benefits are not without risk. Policymakers in urban areas can channel their legislative efforts into sustainable infrastructure and environmental conditions that improve health outcomes. This should include access, affordability, and availability of healthy foods, good air quality, land conservation, adequate water and sanitation systems, and access to safe physical activities, Social networks, employment, and education should also be emphasized. These policies need to be made in communication with the populations they will affect. The slum networking program in India has used a community participation and a decentralized governance model that involves public, private, and non-governmental stakeholders to improve the infrastructure of the entire city, starting with the slums. The result has been improved sanitation systems, cleaner rivers, safer roads, and higher quality housing and significant environmental health improvements. The healthcare needs of climate migrants will depend on many factors, including where they are coming from, where they are migrating to, the capacity of the community that is receiving them, and the healthcare systems in place. Because of the endless variety of needs, it is critical to develop healthcare frameworks that are adaptable and prepared to handle the needs of climate migrants in the years to come. This includes universal health coverage that is inclusive to migrant populations and responsive to the flowing pattern of migration. Climate change is not slowing down, and as it continues to force the displacement and migration of large communities, the health needs of these groups will be vast the moral responsibility for assisting climate migrants falls largely in the backs of the wealthy industrialized countries as they've been the ones contributing in exponential amounts to the rapid progression of climate change. It will require international collaboration with huge resource contributions from wealthy countries to lessen the devastating impacts of climate migration on human health. And as healthcare providers, it will be our responsibility to recognize the vast health challenges that our migrant patient population will face. Additionally, it's our responsibility to advocate for inclusive health policy that places our more vulnerable patients, including our migrant populations, at heart. Okay, that's all I have for climate migration. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and useful. Just a reminder, this series is a part of a project to look at podcasts as a climate science education tool for healthcare providers, and I would greatly appreciate it if you just took a minute to fill out the survey in the description. Thank you so much for listening. Our next and final episode will discuss climate health disparities.